Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind. Welcome to episode 104 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner. Myself, Woolly, in session. With Mr. Steve Sparling. Okay. And a friend of the show, guest host, Mr. Peter Lewis. How you going, Pete? Yeah, good thanks, Steve. Certainly meet the uh, description of the average runner too, mate. <laughs> what do you mean? We both look the same. <laughs> we all look the same on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, been a pretty, yeah, sort of controversial week. In running circles, I mean, I guess we should start off with um, we're, we're recording on the Monday. What is it? The Monday, the twelfth of February. Um, Kelvin Kipton, the world marathon record holder, has been killed in a car crash, which is just terrible news. Um, apparently, flipped his car somewhere in Kenya, and, and it's killed him, his coach, and uh, I think his wife is in critical condition. Yep. in hospital so hopefully she pulls through yeah but uh nathan's not with us this week because nathan's actually um getting his cat put down oh poor bugger yeah his partner matilda will be devastated they've had that cat for god like 20 something years i think <laughs> really oh, it's 20. It's it's good innings. yeah it's really old yeah. apparently it's a long time yeah cats yeah. live quite a long time though don't they yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have no idea, mate. Out of um, my uh, range of expertise. <clears throat> yeah, we going, going back yeah. to that whole um, Clifton incident. Like that's pretty devastating for the running world in particular. Uh, everyone was sort of looking forward to his, sort of seeing a matchup soon between him and Kipchoge, which will never happen now. So um, it would have seen would have been good to see them race. 100% race, like to see who is the best. It doesn't matter whether it was a world record or not, but racing different circumstances on the day would have produced some sort of winner between one of them or the other. So yeah, now, now he'd only done three marathons, hadn't he, Kipton? He'd done yeah. Valencia. Was it was it London, then Chicago? Yeah. So he did yeah. 20, 22, 22, 23, I think. So he did two and 22, I think one and 23 in Chicago. And then the next one was this year. Were they were they going to race at uh, the Olympics? Was it is that the next meeting or was it? No, I don't think he was going to do the Olympics. Which one? Kipchoge. Uh, Kipton wasn't wasn't going to compete at the Olympics. He was going to do yeah. one of the other majors that was near it. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. man, that's really really sad, eh? I mean, yeah. the uh, like he seemed to train and race uh, like a superhuman level. But whether yep. you sort of think he was doing it legit or not, like it's terrible that he's only 24. 24. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. In terms of the legit side of things, you can never really, you can never really know. Um, you know, he, he certainly never tested. Um, so you, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. However, you, you, whenever a young athlete dies, the first thing I saw, and I didn't see the cause of death, was, oh, immediately I start thinking, Something's something's amiss here. The fact that it was a car accident, um, when history judges him, is probably going to be in his favour. 
Um, because a car accident's a car accident. It can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. Um, the odds are probably a little higher in Kenya. Um, yeah. They don't but, have the best um, roads over there. I wouldn't imagine so. No. Mate, it was the first thing I thought too. Because I've seen a couple of documentaries about um, about like EPO in Kenya and there's like loads and loads of old marathoners that just get to about 30 and just drop down dead in a field somewhere. Like they win a couple of majors and then they vanish. They get some money, disappear. And they'll be working in the field, like with their like paddle or whatever, and just collapse dead. Like it's a re- they reckon there's like graveyards just full of ex runners over there. So that was the first thing I thought when I was, I was like, oh man. Well, I only saw the headline that, you know, kept him at, at died age 24. It wasn't until I sort of read a little bit further into it that, yeah, it was a car accident. That kind of changed the way I thought about it immediately. Yeah. I sort of think, uh, yeah, I, I sort of went the same thing in my head as well until I read further and went, oh, shit, a car accident, you know? And then you sort of go from one article to another. It's all instantly just changed to a car accident, whereas the initial one was just the shock of him dying, I guess, that I saw. But, yeah, exactly right. It's pretty devastating, I imagine, for the whole running world. Yeah. Hey, um, just talking about last week's um, podcast with um, Krishna Stanton. Geez, that was a good podcast, eh? Did you listen yeah. to that one, Pete? I haven't, mate, but I, I followed Krishna Stanton quite closely. Well, uh, we're the same age for starters, um, and her times are absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I always think it's great when one of the elites decides to still do it. It's one of the reasons I admire Steve Monaghetti. I mean, he's never going to run a PB, but he's flogging everyone of his age and he's still mm-hmm. motivated to do it. Um, and her story is terrific. So I do know her story. I just haven't had a chance to get on and listen to it. But uh, an interesting little aside, when she set that world record in 2022 at London, um, she did it as she actually had to get her ticket through a tour group, um, the same tour group that I got mine through in 2023. Yeah. Um, and of course, she was the quickest runner in, you know, on the tour, and they'd, they'd had their drinks afterwards, and they'd celebrated that world record. When I went on the tour the, the next year, um, the standard had dropped considerably, <laughs> and when they went through all the, everyone's times on this thirty or forty of us, I think mine was the quickest time, but I think I was about like twenty-five minutes behind what Krishna ran last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was interesting that she couldn't even get a start in the London Marathon without paying away in. Yeah, I think it's funnily enough that tour group had no idea what sort of athlete she was. I would have known um, <laughs> because, I, yeah, I, I sort of know her briefly. She got back into running again a few years ago. I was chatting to her at the end of the Gold Coast Marathon when she just ran just over three hours, I think. This yeah. is you know, when she was making the comeback, but obviously got some pedigree, hasn't she? And, uh, oh, yeah, just, just a terrific story. I love seeing those kind of stories. And that's the reason why, when we talk a little bit later about parkrun records, we want to keep those sort of records so yeah, that exactly. those of us that are never going to get there at least know that people have. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to run a 248 at any age. No, yeah. Like 248 for, like, what was she, 56 or 55? Yeah, she's 56, she would have been when she ran that. Yeah. No, that is just. Nuts! You to think yeah. of how quick she's had to run to to do that. It's well, she turned crazy. up at 
you know, she did Sandgate Park Run on the fast day uh, a couple of yeah. years back, and she ran a seventeen forty nine, I think. Yeah, which was a hundred percent age grade, so wow. it's not a ratified course, but that's world record pace for yeah. five k. She didn't run with a watch that day, so she didn't actually recall the time, but she just said it was seventeen something. <laughs> yeah, it was high seventeens, but yeah. yeah, I looked it up the other day actually when uh, you guys did the podcast. I think it was about seventeen forty nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah, top time. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she probably got cost a few seconds at the start there anyway, with all the, you know what it's like at that fast day at Sandgate. There's hundred runners in, in under seventeen minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, this week's past week, Pete, um, being a run director, you would have got some interesting um, emails showing up on your system saying uh, this is happening and that's happening. Can you let everyone know what's happened with the park run? Um, well, it's it. The the thing is, we didn't get much information. I'm going to tell you that I first heard about it when one of the boys put something on on our group messaging page. Yeah. And it wasn't until then that you know, like probably a half an hour later, we got a we got a message from the the, the regional guy from Park Run. So the way it is, and he's still a volunteer too, I might add. Um, there's a an, each Park Run has an event director. So yep. at Warner Lakes, that's Cole Whitaker. And uh, we've got about five or six run directors. And the uh, the event director is kind of in charge of that particular park run. And then there's a, a regional guy that might look after maybe eight or ten park runs. And, and he or she's still a volunteer. Um, I'm not quite sure how the hierarchy works above that. It's probably down, you know, it probably goes to, to park run headquarters down at Southport after that, park run Australia headquarters. And I guess... They liaise with uh, Park Run in the UK, where 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 the engine room is. Each week when we do the results and that, they go to the UK, so they all come out. Everything comes back out of the UK. I really wonder how many people knew what was coming, even at, even in Park Run Australia, because there was nothing. There was no consultation and there was no information. The information just suddenly went out there. Um, so I think it was a bit of a shock shock to everyone. From what I can see on the Park Run UK pages, it was a bit of a shock there too, yeah. in that no one saw it coming. So I don't know whose decision it was. Uh, all that we were told was that it was to foster inclusiveness because people are deterred when they go to sign up for Park Run. They have a look at the web page and they see these records. They're down the bottom of the rec- they're down the bottom of the page. We all know where they are, and they're hardly yeah. the first thing that you go and look at. Um, and they were saying that you know. Their um their research indicates that that's a barrier to people's participation, so that that was the reasoning given. Um, I've heard other reasons. Um, the main you know the main one doing the the, the rounds is that uh, uh, because a couple of non-binary or trans athletes took a couple of women's age records in a couple of park runs, that uh, park run didn't want to get involved in that. Um, personally, I think that's a bit of a furphy actually. I, I'll be very surprised if that was, and if it is, it's a it's a massive over, it's a massive overkill to a very small problem. Yeah, can I just pull um, you up there before we go any further for people that may not participate in park run and listen to this podcast every week, and they don't do park run all the time. Can you let us know exactly what they've taken down from the web page? Okay. So yeah. When you do park run, you'll get a time. Um, you can register for park run at any time for the first time. And you get a barcode, 
you can go to any park around the world and there's probably 1,500, 2,000 of them, probably three or 400 in Australia and a lot more worldwide. Um, you get timed. At the end of the run, you get given a position where you finished overall and in your gender, an age grade, which sort of puts your time against the world record for your, time, for your age. So you get those sent those results individually, but also on the web page of the park run that you did it at, they will, but they will keep a list of records of who finished where in their various age categories. They will keep um, course records for male and female. They'll keep a course record for age grade, and those are printed on there. They actually have the fastest 500 of all time on there. You've got to dig into it to get to some of this. It's not some of the more detailed stuff I'm talking about now. You're not going to go straight to it. Um, they will have any men that have run under 17 minutes get like a little honour board. Mm. Uh, women under 20 minutes are on that honour board. Um, so it works like yeah, it works like that. You can actually then find out the age records and where you sit all time. So at Warner Lakes, um, on, on men's 55 to 59, I know that I'm the fast, third fastest all time there and there's a list of the guys, every 55 to 59-year-old that's done it. So, yeah, there's all that sort of thing. Um, and I also know that when I go to another park run, and I've done a lot of park runs, I've done 96 different events, so I'm closing in on that 100 different park runs. The first thing I look at when I decide I'm going to go to a park run, I do have a look at the course record, not because I'm going to challenge it. So it gives me an idea of how hard the course is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. If the, if the course record's under 15 minutes, I know it's pretty flat. Yeah, and, and what you might call an easy course. If the course record's 18 minutes, I know it's something like Bunyaville or Mamble. So it just yeah, gives yeah. me an idea. And I can also have a look at other runners that I know have run there that might be about my standard. And I can see what Steve Sparling or Steve Woolley's done. And that gives me a bit of an idea too because they're guys I know and I, I, I deal with. Um, yeah, and it gives me a bit of a bit of a clue. So it's one of the things I go and look at. And, that's a and, and that parkrun tourism is big. Um, over over the Christmas holidays, I went and did three of them out, Toowoomba, Oki and Chinchilla. So I've gone and paid for hotel rooms, gone and had a meal at the pub, all of that sort of thing. Um, and partly I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit motivated by some of those times. Sure, I went and had a look at what the age record was for my age because I, I was curious to know whether I thought I could get it. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't have made any difference. I still would have gone there, but I'm just curious to know who's been out there. I mean, yep. there's a few guys my age. Yeah, I know if they've been out there, they'll have it, but they haven't done all the park runs. So, yeah, it's just one of those little fun things that those of us that are sort of keen on our running look at. I know you'd look at those sort of things too. I do. I do. Um, first thing I noticed when I got my results this week, there was no, you came in this category for your age group. There's nothing at the bottom of the page saying the fastest person on the course, male or female, or the the overall, Um, you know. Yeah, first finisher. Yeah, there's no first finisher in each age in 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 the gender series, so I have no idea. Just going yeah, back what? to what you you were saying about tourism, okay, to go for you to go and and run these events to put your name up there against that first, second, third in your age category or whatever. Um, Matt Archer, a friend of the show as well as a very good friend of yours, forwarded yeah. me a bit of details, and I think one in particular person that, that he he sort of pinpointed was Aiden Hobbs. Um, he's traveled all over the place and he holds about 
I think around about 25 or 24 parkrun male yeah. records. So yeah. the first male across the line. And, and if you put into the scale that you just did over Christmas, over 25 events from wherever across Australia, north and south, the travel time, um, everything that goes involved, like you say, booking a motel room to be there on the day on the, on the, at that time to start the event. And now for that to all be wiped away. So no one knows that he's done any of that. So he, obviously he knows and his family and friends know, but for anyone else like yourself to go see what the park run record was or is, it can't be done anymore. And he's just like lost all those records instantly because of something that's happened in the UK, obviously. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was when I was in the UK doing the London Marathon last year. Um, I went to Strathford upon Avon. You know, I wanted to have a look at where their local park run was. It wasn't even a Saturday, but you know, I like to see where the course is. Yeah. And uh, first thing I noticed, oh, of course, record holder, Aiden Hobbs. No oh, way. Yeah, 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 fourteen yeah. something. I thought, oh, well, at least he's turned up one week down to some village in England and uh, screamed Smashed around it. the course. But yeah, you, you're right. But people get a kick out of. Even, like my wife does park run each week, and some weeks she'll say, Oh, it's the first in my age category. Yeah. You know, she doesn't run particularly fast. Sometimes she's the only one. She doesn't, she doesn't yeah. care. There's no reason not to have that information. People liked it, mm. and park runs celebrated it. So on their Facebook pages, if one of their age records got taken down, you can be sure on that park runs page they'd say, And we, you know, we had a new record today in the you know, it might have been the men's 70 to 74 age group this time. And everyone yeah. will give them some kudos and whatnot on the page. And everybody at the park run enjoyed it. Far from deterring anybody, we were sort of proud that our park run had lost another record, you know. Yeah. I do not I do not get it. Um, but it's sort of heading down that path of mediocrity. Um, it's really it's really annoyed me. Um, as somebody that volunteers as well, I've done over 400 park runs and I've volunteered 75 times or something. Mm. Um, so it's people like like me and and, and others. Um, and I just don't know anybody that's a regular volunteer that that likes this idea. I yeah. don't know anyone that, that's coming out and supported it. So I just yeah, I can't. I don't get it. Like um, you know? at Northlake says, uh, I can't think of his last name, but his first name's Ron. Ronnie Vines. Ron yeah, Vines. He, he was yeah. a great runner in his day. And I know that for the oh for the last like six months he's been trying to break the eighty year plus record. Yeah. So like he's getting so close so now that's just gone. Like all that work to getting that record's gone. Um I, and then the thing is like they're saying, Oh, it's gonna put people off from signing up, but the numbers are massive and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. So like well, that's that's absolute bullshit about that it's putting people off. I want you to cast your mind back to why you first did parkrun. What? How did you find out about it? Yeah, just through pe- just through people that were doing it, I guess. Yeah, right. word, word word of mouth. You didn't yeah. you didn't go looking for for a run on the web, go to the website and go straight to the records and think, oh shit, they're keeping times and records here. I'm not doing that. That is just rubbish. Yeah. Everybody that starts park run has done it by word of mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to, to to trot that out there is just a furphy. Complete yeah. nutter rubbish. You know, people got into park run because they heard about it. And yeah, 
no one cares whether you're walking or running it. What makes it great is it hits the sweet spot between 15 minutes and one hour, the whole event takes place. The fastest people do it in 15 minutes. The tail walkers get in in about an hour. So it's all done and dusted by eight o'clock. There's no other distance where you get that sort of perfect alignment, you know, of it not being a long event. Yeah. So even for, yeah. And far from people being um, deterred, they look and try and bring their times down. So those people that start, you know, their first one at 48 minutes or whatever. Yeah. You know, they, they look at, yeah, they look at their times and they like to bring it down. Now, I know some of your individual information is still going to be available, but they look at the records too. We all do, just as we do with every other sport that we play. I, I agree completely. Like, I'm not a first finisher. I've done one first finish at Ocean View, but there was only 12 people there. I still Doesn't took matter, it. mate. You, st- you can still, still remember it. it. <laughs> yeah, I did a 15K warm-up that week um, from Debra up to Ocean View. So we run up Mount Me Road. And then I still completed the park run. It was like roughly around, i say about 700 meters of elevation over 20Ks. And I still took out first place. Okay. So that was my first win ever. It was only a few weeks back. I've had a second place twice, I think at Norflakes. But for me, the big thing was to show up and just try to beat my previous times. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was always cool to get that result page on the day and said, you came first, second, or third in your age category. Like I'm 47 now, I'm turning 48 this year. And for me, I was always, it was cool just to get first or second. And for a little while now, I was always getting first place unless Steve Woolley showed up in my age category or Ben mm. Merlin. Okay, you're talking about a couple of Ferraris here compared to, to me. I know, mate. It took me a long time to get a first finish. I got my first one at North Lakes one week when Ben Merlin didn't turn up. <laughs> So, it was six days after the Gold Coast Marathon. I shouldn't have been running hard, but when I saw, when I saw he wasn't there, I went it. I went for it. But sure as you say, it's taking it's, it's taking that whole point of everyone in every age category, whether you're you know twelve or thirteen year old running for the first few times, where you don't have to run with your parent anymore, up to someone that's Ron Vines. I think he's eighty. And for those you don't know, Ron's got a heart. He's got a pacemaker, so he had a heart attack a few years back. Um, and he can only run so fast because the pacemaker won't let him run fast enough because it won't deliver enough oxygen to his body, right? But they, he's told still... him not to run they told him not to run at all, and he told them that that wasn't an option, apparently. Yeah, yeah he reckons he'd prefer to die on the on the parkrun course than yeah. anywhere else. So that's his his theory, but he's still fly, he still flies, eh? When he does actually have a go, he had a go last weekend, he's still going really well. But that yeah, just no, takes... It just takes everything away. I know Ron has everything on paper that he's ever done. He's a man that stores all his statistics for his runs from when he was young right through to the current day. He still writes everything down. And for him to take that away, he's got nothing now to to show what he came or whatever in whatever mm-hmm. age category. So it's sort of for that fella, it takes everything away from him. Now, I will, I will say that the third-party app, that 5K app, you can get that information. Yeah. So I went in and had a look to check that it was still there. Um, you can still get that information of how many first finishes you've had, how many second places, third places, the whole lot. Yeah. Um, it's in there, but it's a, it's a third party app, but it it's just unnecessary. Uh, you know, some of that information, you know, the the not keeping those records, it's just ridiculous. People like looking at them. Mm. Why would you get rid of them? 
no, no reason at all. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, the world's going crazy, I think, sometimes. What's um, that app that you're talking about, Pete? That 5K, the, the 5K park run app. It's a yep. third-party app, so it's not a it's not a p- official park run app, but they draw their information off the park run results. Hmm. So you can you can log into it. Loads of people use it. Um, it's got some terrific stuff, and it's got all sorts of challenges in there, like whether you've got the alphabet of park run, how many park runs you've done at different locations. Now you used to be able to get some of that information off the off the main park run Australia website. Uh, but it's just more detailed and, and some of those quirky little challenges like trying to get one for every letter in your name and, and stuff like that. I guess the big ones are probably the alphabet's probably the, the one that people like to chase down. Yeah. Um, so, so it'll record it alphabetically where you've done all your park runs and, and how many of the letters you got and which ones you've still got to get. But it was really interesting when I went in to have a look at my first finishes, and it said that I had 23 first finishes, but it actually listed them in order that I got them. So from the very first one back at uh, North Lakeland, Ben Merlin didn't turn up in 2016, um, through to a couple of weeks ago at Petrie when I managed to uh, turn up on a day that no one else did. Um, yeah, so yeah. it actually is. That was a, just talking about that, that was a good run. Oh. Like for, for that course and um, what time you did. That's a strong run. Yeah, I probably, uh, I, I, it got stronger as the run went on when I realised I might be able to drag in the people in front of me. I had a couple of people went out in front of me, and one in particular, the, you know the guy that won that, um, and, I, and you did it, Wooly, uh, that Bush Turkey 1K time trial down at Racecourse Road? Oh, I didn't do the 1K race. That's when I had the COVID. The, the bloke that won that, he, he's gone there, and he's just taken off, you know, he's... Oh, I'm not going to get in, but, you know, I've, I've got second place in. And then suddenly I realised that he's having a walk, you know, at about the 3K mark. And I thought, oh, maybe he's doing intervals or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, then I, I I sort of caught him and then, yeah, I just went past him. And he said to me at the end that he, oh, he'd, he'd had a bit of a run beforehand. It was a stinking hot day. You know? But, uh, yeah, you've got to take them when they're there, you know. Cause I don't get that many. Sure. I'm like sure. Sparling and do the same, yeah. If he saw a, saw one there for the taking, he'd take it. Definitely. Mate, I've but, been you know, that's, not why I went to, that's not why I went to Petrie Park Run. I actually went there to get one of those other park run challenges, which is called the P-Index. And uh, the your P-Index is a number, and it's it's got to meet this mathematical criteria. You've got to be able to say you've done P number of park runs at at least P locations. So yeah. I had seven park runs at seven different locations, seven or more park runs. But if I did another one at Petrie and another one at Kedron, I'd get that up to eight. Eight, yeah. So there's eight park runs that I've now done eight or more runs at. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> wow. Well, not really. Well, you, you can probably name you can probably name most of them, Steve. Probably, yeah. I've got to be able well, well, Warner Lakes, Sandgate, uh, Chermside, North Lakes, yeah. Petrie, Kedron, Mitchelton, and Yamba, where I go on holidays a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done eight park runs at all of those, but to get my number up to nine, I'd have to do Petrie again. I'd have to do Kedron again. And yeah. I'd have to find then my next park run would be Bunyaville or South Bank or one of those and do another three or four there and get that up to nine. That's one of yeah. those ones. If someone's got a high P index, you can be sure that they get around to a lot of park runs. Yeah. Hey, interesting enough, we mentioned Ben Merlin a couple of times there. On the weekend, uh, he was first across the line at North Lakes Park Run. 
So obviously, I think he was just cruising because he can run a lot faster than what he did. He got a seventeen fifty nine, and didn't come up as Ben Merlin. We all know he was there, and we all know he finished first, right? And he's on the results page for North Lakes Park Run. I've already asked him. He's happy for me to mention this. He um, put himself down. He, he gave himself a new tag. So his park run ID is now restore results pages, right? Yeah. And, not, and it comes up as no male, no female, no gender. And he's put, him, he's put himself down as uh, not transgender, but is it binary? Non-binary. No idea or not specified or something. Not I don't specified. Know. So they can't put him down male, female, or transgender. So well, he's just basically non-binary. When yeah. I registered for park run, you only had two choices, but I... Uh... <laughs> that was nine years ago, so I don't know what yeah, I don't know what the drop down box looks like these days. So I asked him whether he sort of knew the full details of the whole park run thing, what was going on, because at that stage I only heard sort of news on Thursday night and then Friday and then park run day sort of come on really quick and, and then to see that I thought that's pretty interesting. And he sort of said he didn't really know the full story. Um and he just believes that he goes it's just a bunch of idiots really trying to sort out the wrong wrong reason for for changing all the stats you know like so that was his little thing interesting enough um park run headquarters changed it to unknown later on that day i was wondering who changed it whether north lakes had changed it themselves or whether or whether it'd been changed uh no it was beyond north lakes so uh, well, we, spoke... all, we, all, we all put the screenshot on various uh facebook posts of park run australia so they would have known about it yeah, it was all further down the line. So beyond the run director there, they had no idea that it happened. They just said, hey, it looks like someone else has um, decided that Ben wasn't worthy of the win and changed it to unknown. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered I wondered who'd changed it or whether they got it directed to change it. My, my suspicion was exactly what you've just confirmed, because uh, mm. that, um, that went viral, that screenshot. Yeah. Um, it's on all yeah. the UK pages and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone screenshotted it because uh, he, he went out of his way to make sure he finished first, so his name's at the top of the the results page. Yeah, um, most of us aren't quick enough to be able to uh, to yeah. do that. But so yeah, yeah. He, he said he, he's going to be embarrassed if there's somebody turns up that's really fast down there and he can't do it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you you named him because I was not going to name him myself today. So I thought, oh, that's right. A minute. All right, I already cool. messaged him. He he was happy with me uh, mentioning it was him because he's you know it's just a statement on what's happening. Obviously, he's pretty strong. He's probably one of our most first finishers at Norflex, the local our local park run anyway. Well, be him or New, you know, like he'll uh, have the most male first finishers. Most males and New would be probably first female, yeah, most most females. But um, definitely put it out there to see what would happen, I guess, and then that's what's happened. They've just changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. It, it did look it did look funny at the top of the at the top of the page. I, I couldn't resist posting it on on one of the Parkrun Australia, you know, Facebook posts. Did you see that Facebook post that Parkrun Australia put out today or yesterday saying, Oh, we had a record number of volunteers last weekend at Parkrun? Yeah. And the feedback they got mm. on that. Yeah. So it's all right to keep some records but not others. Yeah. Yeah. The timing was priceless. Makes you wonder who's running these pages, eh? Because you just you would stay away from anything regarding stats, or wouldn't you? You'd just be posting n n 
completely unrelated stuff, but they're just asking oh. for trouble. Well, yeah. unless the person that posted it is of the same view of us, mm. uh, that this was a bit of a silent protest. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I can't believe that everybody that works for Park Run would would think this was a good idea, right? Yeah, you know, it's pretty hard to get a group of people to to agree on anything. Uh, but this, I just can't believe that that every single employee of Park Run thinks this is a great idea. Pete, you're like a run director, like a volunteer. What do you think this is going to do to Park Run? Do you think? It's gonna make a lot of people quit, or will people just get on with it and soldier on? What do you reckon? I don't know, um, and I'm curious to see how it'll play out. The first thing is, I, I think with anything like this, if there's sufficient backlash, there may be a rescinding of this particular, um, yeah, decision. I, uh, I do think that's a possibility. I think it'll just diminish how some people feel about it. Um, and I'm, I'm now speaking for myself because I can't speak for others on this, but I'm less inclined and motivated yeah. at the moment. How that plays out in the long term, I'm not saying I was motivated by records. I wasn't. But I did like them and they were part of it. And this is something that started as a time trial down at Bushy Park. It is timed by nature. Yeah, you're keeping score by nature, and and to say that you know that's not important, I think's rubbish. It's it's like saying you shouldn't keep score in football matches because that'll deter some people from participating. It will, but not keeping score will deter some people from participating as well. Um, so I just don't know, Steve. I, I don't feel as motivated myself, um, but I want to see how it how it plays out. Like I'm, I'm I'm filthy about it, and I just think it's a sign of the times that you know. I guess I, I don't like using the word woke all the time, but it's got it's got an element of that about it. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, we've got to be inclusive, but it's not inclusive of me. Yeah. Um, what they're doing, and it's people like me that have done 500 park runs and you and Matt Archer and Ben Merlin done yeah. hundreds and hundreds of park runs. Yeah. They're the core of, they're the core of park run. Um, if you want to change it into something else, is it still park run? Yeah. It's particularly weird how everyone that sort of knows that it's happened, because I, I believe there'd be a lot of percentage of the people that did park run that had no idea this happened on, on Saturday, right? But up to that point, say Thursday when I found out, and, and you would have been blindsided yourself and just thought, what the hell? Do you think this is just the next progressive part of park run? Like years ago, uh, we spoke off air before we um, started recording about the point system back in 2014, 2015 ended, right? Mm. Um, uh, you sort of explained, I'll get you to explain it briefly. And then that went into the shirts. They started giving, um, shirts for, you know, milestone shirts. So 50, then a hundred, then two fifty, And then it's gone beyond that. We've got 500 now. Obviously a lot of people that have recently got it because obviously we've been going for over 10 years in Australia now. Do you think it's the next step that they just had planned and it was in the, in the sort of back 
log waiting to happen and they've just gone pulled the pin because of something that's happened or what do you well, think? Look, look that, that a lot of people won't know about the old point system so I'll briefly explain how that works. Yeah. Um, they used to give a, a champion runner at each park run, male and female. Actually, they, they had the top three for each year. Yeah. And the way you got your points was if you finish first, you got 100 points. And if you finish second, you got 99. Third got 98. All the way down to 100. So most people got some points, you know, unless there was you know, more than 100 in your gender that were there. So you got these points and you accrued them and whoever got the most points at that particular park run was crowned the champion for the year. It inevitably went to somebody that did the same park run every week and finished in the top 10, say, because 10 to get you 90-odd points. I, I didn't really object when they got rid of that. I thought it was cumbersome anyway. Yeah, um, yeah no, no big deal. The Milestone shirt originally started when park run was quite small. They had a sponsor that was going to – it was Adidas, I think were giving free shirts to anyone that got to 50 or 100 park runs. Now, there came a point where it just became commercially unviable, I think. That's why they now chart. You, you, you get the milestone shirts, but you've got to pay for them now. They're pretty well priced, to be fair, and there's free postage on them. Yeah. Um, but, but it went from being free, the, the, uh, the milestone shirt, so I got me 50 milestone shirt for free, maybe even 100. But I, I think that was inevitable. I mean, there's six million, you know, I don't know how many million park yeah, runners. Very many. And, and they, I, I'm fine with them charging for the shirts. I don't think that's, you know, and then it's optional as to whether you get one or not. Um, this is a this is a step up from that, though. Um, mm. Yeah. That, that, I, just, that, I, that, I just think that the whole inclusive, everyone's inclusive, this is where they've gone from the point system to the shirts, and now they've gone from taking all that away just to say we're going to keep the shirts. But everyone inclusive, you just get a on the day you get a token first, second, right through to say three hundred and fifty, right? Mm. So and you're not gonna there's no point system. So if you came three hundred fiftieth, you just better that next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you want to talk about in inclusiveness. Park run are flogging off merchandise. It's yeah. one of the things they do these days. And I know and I get that it's one of the ways that it pays for park run as well. So I understand that commercial reality, and I don't have a problem with it. However, I do have a problem when they say, well, we're not going to have the records because that's not inclusive because, you know, some people are put off by that. Well, I can tell you that merchandise isn't inclusive either because if somebody's wearing, you know, a $50 jacket or a $100 jacket to park run and strutting around in it, and I've got my daggy old singlet on because I can't afford that lovely-looking park run merchandise, well, maybe I don't feel included. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, you want to go down this inclusion line, let's have a little bit of consistency about it. I would say that selling merchandise isn't inclusive because not everybody can afford it. Yeah. Not everybody can, can do that. Yeah, good point. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a point. It wasn't an original point. I read it on, on one of the posts, the many posts that are doing the rounds. I thought that's a fair that's a fair argument. Yeah. I, mm. I might be offended by somebody wearing a, you know, a hundred dollar jacket down there with a the parkland logo emblazoned on it, and I'd be a bit jealous and put off by that because I haven't got one. Well, I ain't gonna get the course record in any any park run courses either. No. Yeah. You know, but I don't feel unincluded as a result of that. Yeah. Good luck to those that are quicker than me. 
there's a Steve Woolley, you posted a um a forwarded to the group of a Facebook what is it petition to try mm-hmm. and get the because kind of Australia is not the UK and that's where all this seems to have generated from because that's the headquarters. Um, they on oversee everything that's going on worldwide, I'm assuming. They do. Um, and they've got a petition going just to bring back the stats for our country. Do you think that's pretty important for where we're going, Parkrun? Because we're a few years behind the UK of sorts. Um, I think I think we need to get it back because I don't think we sort of got to that point of the argument. If it was transgender, if it was something to do with the CEO or whatever, why does that have to roll down this far to our system? Yeah, Parkrun like consistency across, and, and it's one of the it's one of the strengths of Parkrun. I'm going to have to say that I, you know when I've travelled overseas, I've done Parkruns in half a dozen different countries. I've just been able to rock up like I'd rock up to North Lakes, mm. and I know when it starts. I know how it works. I don't even need to go to the race brief because no. yeah. you know, unless I think I'm going to be first finisher, yeah, I just follow somebody. You know, follow whoever's in front of me. I, I don't need to go to the race brief. I know how the system works. And it's the same, and I know that I'll get that standard email. The email's exactly the same. doesn't matter what country you do your park run in, you'll get, you, you could have done it down the road. And that's a strength. Um, so I've got a feeling that they're not going to buy into having different systems in different countries, um, even though it wouldn't worry me if that was the case. I just don't think that they'll go that way, and I don't think they should. I think they should be bringing them back for all of them. Definitely. Because um, it's relevant information. When I go and travel... And decide which park run I'm going to do when I'm over in England on my holidays. I go and have a look at what the course records are and the age records for my thing, because that'll give me a bit of an idea of what the what the course is going to be like. I'll usually have a look at the map, you know, see what the surfaces are, because I'm interested in that. Yeah, my conversation with Ben Merlin, he said, uh, I said, how do you think this is going to affect, you know, the young and the old? And he said, I think the people that are consistently showing up. Um, you know, that they're happy just to show up and do their running. But he said at the other end of it, you got the older generation that have been running that like to see the stats for their age category. And you got the young kids, his kids are flying, you know, like they're doing sub mm. 18 minutes, you know, 18 something, sub 19 minute park runs. And I think, I think Tommy's only 11 or 12 and his older boys. 13 or 14, Steve, is that about right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they're well, kicking right. ass, man. And he said they love to look to see how their time goes for everyone else in their age category because there's an 11 to 14 age category. I think it's 15 to no. 17, is there? Yeah, and then so under 10. 10 and so under. it's different to all the other age because we go from like um, 20 to 24, 25 to 30, 31. Yeah. yeah so so five-year groups. In five-year groups. But in that younger age category – they're a little bit shorter, the age the age group. So his kids doing cross countries and things like that, they love looking to see where they are compared to everyone else. And then that's just been stripped of them sort of in the early part of their career where they've been showing and there up. Are, his kids are not Robinson Crusoe in this respect. No. Um, there's a number of kids that come down to Warner Lakes. And then in fact, Ben's kids come down there sometimes too. Sometimes he, he brings them down there. And they, they love it. They yeah. love, And even when they know they're not going to win, they love knowing that they've yeah they, they've moved a little higher up that t- that league table. Yeah. You know maybe they were the 12th fastest under 10 year old we had at Warner Lakes and now they they've made it into the top 10. You know they, they yeah. look at that sort of thing. 
that motivates some kids, and particularly actually probably boys more than girls because uh, they're a little bit more number-oriented, some of them. Mm. Um, but, look, if they're not motivated by that, that's fine too. Nobody's forcing you to go and have a look at these things. Yeah. Um, they're there if you want to look at them. But they are. They are motivated. They're at school. They do maths. They're learning all the time. They understand oh, yeah. what percentages and things mean. Like a lot of people lose that interest in percentages. Like I work with it all the time with my job as a baker because i got to work out percentages of water and yeast and all sorts of stuff. So I do it in my head all the time. But kids that are doing it in their head, they they understand where they sit in that system. You know what I mean? So if they're at 81% of their age group at, at 11 years old, that's... That's motoring, you know. <laughs> I remember when I did the New York Marathon and I, I took a couple of weeks off work to do it. You know, I was a deputy principal up at one of the schools and, you know, I told the kids that I'd you know, done the marathon. When I came back, they said, you know, where, where did you come? Because that's mm. the first thing they asked. And I said, oh, I came 1,180th. Yeah. Well, that's not very good. I said, well, there were 53,000 runners. I said, so, yeah. so that means 1,000 of them finished in front of me yeah, and 52,000 of them finished behind me. I said, exactly. you work it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but- that's the thing. The ones that want to know and know, they'll continue to know, all right? So that's where Ben's kids are and they, they like to see where they are in retrospect to everyone else in their age group. But that's sort of been taken away, I think. I think for me, I, I sort of feel that the top end of the athletes might sort of, they're not going to look at, into it too much because they're still going to come and show up and try to get that first, second, third, top 10 finish. And at the other end of it, the people that are going to walk are just going to show up and still walk park run and try and finish it before the tail walkers. That's the whole plan, isn't it? But it's going to be, yeah. the, it's going to be the, you know, 10th place onwards, the people that are really trying to get in that top 10 and the ones that are trying to, I think the average park run like 5k time for a male is 31 minutes or something i, I remember seeing something like, that, yeah. something like that and there's people out there that are just trying to make that time you know what i mean but that's been taken away now so they don't really know that anymore because it's not going to be listed it's only whoever knows knows and the people that were trying to get there would have known but now they're not going to know where they sit in that sort of field mm-hmm. well I, I always used to look at and I, and I can't do it now so i didn't even get any pre-warning this was happening so yeah. I couldn't actually go and find out the ones where I was in the top, you know, where, where I was the age record holder. Yeah. I knew I had a couple. Um, but if I'd known this was coming, I would have at least gone back and had a look through those pages to, to find out which ones I still held. Taking a screenshot, mate. Well, too late now, mate. There's nothing to screenshot. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got the screenshot of uh, the first finisher at North Lakes the other day so uh, so I could spread that around because I knew it was going to go down. I knew when, he, when Ben Merlin did that. Yeah, that was not going to be tolerated. No. Um, so no surprise to me when it got taken down, but I made sure I got a screenshot the moment, the moment uh, I saw it. Of it I getting, think a lot, of, a lot of people got that screenshot. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting enough. But um, I think um we talked about it last week, Steve. Like park run is the biggest Saturday sport in the country, mm-hmm. and they used to say however many participant participants each Saturday. Is that is that still going to be listed? Do you know? On a national a good level. Question. Well, I don't know about the aggregated data. Certainly, um, you'll be able to find it from the results page of your individual partner. If you just scroll down, you'll see how many people finished. Yeah. Because um, they're still listed, you know, numerically. Yeah. Um, I guess if you went to the trouble of going through all four hundred of them in Australia and adding them together, you get you'd, mm. you'd know they may still be going to produce some of that data. I don't know. Yeah. 
So you might have to backfold on a bit of it and maybe add a little bit here and there to to get everyone up to speed and maybe obviously please a few of the people that are disgruntled. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you um are like us and you want the all the statistics reinstalled, reinstated, sorry, check the uh there's there'll be a link to sign a petition in the description of the podcast. I'll just check before it's like six thousand. 250 or something. It was only like a hundred when I first signed it. So yeah, that's, that's growing yeah, same. rapidly. Yeah. But maybe if we can get enough signatures, they might. Um, yeah. and, and, and hit their social media pages. They want to put out what they think are good, to, you know, good stories on social media, comment on them. And I know some of, some of the boys have, you know, gone, gone a bit rogue on this. And I know at least one that's been, uh, yeah, he's been blocked from the park run Australia webpage. Uh, he'll he'll remain nameless, but those of us who know know you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what he said, but I can imagine. And he's probably yeah. articulated it in a in a way in his own inimitable way. Yeah. But yeah, hit those social media pages. Make sure that they get they're getting the message. Um yeah. as well as sign sign the petition for sure. But yeah, I definitely. think you know that negative publicity is not what they're looking for. Uh, and I think they brought it upon themselves. Yeah, yeah. just a stupid decision. Poorly communicated. No consultation, because if they'd done some consultation, they would have been told not to do it. Yeah. But someone's just made the decision. This is what's happening. Bang! Off it goes. Um, needs to go back up. But yeah, I can't see them doing it just for Australia. Unfortunately, Steve. Just the way I know that Parkrun operates. But if you check any of the running pages all over the world on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, it's like 99.9% of the comments are people saying exactly the same things that we are. They're saying like, this is just ridiculous. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. So It is ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll change it back. Be nice. Yeah, but, but, you know, it's, it's through these sort of conversations and this sort of information getting out there. That, that that may happen. Um, as I said, I'll, I'll sort of wait and see. And I can't really tell you how it's going to affect me long term in terms of my park run commitment because I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, I, like I won't worry about missing it. I really miss park run. Really miss it. I'll incorporate into whatever I'm doing. Wherever I go, I go to park run. That's why I've done so many. I chase them, you know. If I chase events that I haven't done, um, yeah. and I hope that I'll continue to do that because it's given me a lot of enjoyment over the years. Yeah, it's definitely a driving factor for a lot of people, though. Like I, I love digging into stats. Um, I've even looked you up in the past to see where you came at a park run, and I know a few other people that are a little bit older you than you, and I like yeah. to see where you're going um, compared to them. So, but you can't do that anymore. That's the whole point. Nah. It's like. I think uh, numbers, like I think Steve Woolley's right. Get on board, get that petition signed, see what the numbers say. Eventually, um, Parker and Riley get the shits and do something about it and maybe reinstall some of the statistics, maybe. Well, they'll they'll to... get the shits if they keep getting negative negative feedback. I mean, that, yeah. that's just human nature. Nobody likes copping negative feedback, you know, yeah. left, right and centre. But it probably needs, to, the pressure needs to stay on them. Yeah. Um, so I'll certainly be, yeah, any time Park Run Australia want to put out some good news story on their social media, yeah. I'm going to ask them when these stats are going back on there. 
Yeah, and definitely. I know plenty of other people that are doing exactly the same thing. It's uh, yeah, it's and it's the only way the message will get through. And they'll get sick of taking down comment. You know, some of the comments are getting through, and some of them are actually getting taken down pretty smartly. Um, but either way, they're getting the message. Hmm. At the other end of all this, it is a free event. You can go there without a watch, show up, do your run, get your email. They'll tell you your time as you cross the line. You'll get a, a an email saying that same time. Um, mm. But, yeah, obviously a lot of people get on board every Saturday to make these events happen. Um, they do it for free. Um, just keep showing up, though. Don't don't make parkrun go away. Just keep showing up and, and running. It, it's pretty important to, to keep these things going. I've got to get to me 100 events, mate. I'm sitting on 96. I've got to find four more park runs within an hour's drive of uh, where I live. Well, one open up at Mango yeah, Hill soon, I was just going to say, the Mango Hill one is opening soon. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was thinking of making that me 100th, you know, the 100th different one, because then I've got to have some of my mates who come along. Yeah. So I make them come along to anything else. So I reckon yeah. I can knock off Green Bank. That's about me closest one I haven't done. Maybe Mullaney Trail, something yeah. like that. I don't think I've done Coomera. So there's a couple that I can get to, and then I'll make Cape, Cape I think it's called Cape Stone, Cape Stone Lake. Yeah, Cape Stone. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'll make that my 100th different one so that I can sort of say to people, yeah, you know, this will be my 100th different event. Um, you know, you're welcome to come along and help me celebrate. So you just celebrated your 100th actual individual one at Warner Lakes, right? <laughs> Mate, I know I've done like 436 of different park, you know, park runs, but yeah. I've not got to 100 at any location. Yeah. I've done I've done 100 now at Warner. Yeah. I've done about 78 at Sandgate and about 52 at Chermside and about 40-something at North Lakes. Yeah. So I sort of spread this because I started off park run. I started at Sandgate because that was the only, you know, that was the nearest park run back then. And, uh, and then... I went through a stage of going to North Lakes, you know, I lived over in Cashmere and, and that was a more convenient and, and I liked it because it was short and I could get a better time at North Lakes and I could get at Sandgate because I'm motivated by that sort of thing, Steve. Terrible, yeah. isn't it? Um, and then and then Chermside opened up, which was pretty close to where I live. So I, so I sort of went there for a year or two and then our club got involved with Warner Lakes and South Pine Striders. So that's why I started going to the Warner Lakes, even though it's not the closest, and then I got into the RD role, which has actually stopped me getting to my 100 there quicker. You know, yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. You're volunteering yeah, more than you're running. Probably got about 30-odd 30, 30 volleys. Some of the volleys, you, you get a run, you know, if I'd been a pacer or something like that or or hopped on and done some scanning once I'd finished my run. But, yeah, I think I've been run director probably 30 times. So you can't run when you're run director. But I think without that, you, you know, people have got to put back in the park run as well. They can't mm. just expect it to happen on its own, and it's you know I've enjoyed it, um, and I and I continue to do so. So I'll probably uh, volunteer as often as I run at North at Warner. I probably go there once a month, and I volunteer once a month at Warner, and then the other two times each month I'll you know head out to Sandgate or or try and clock up some of those tourist runs I'm telling you about. So I'll I'll, I'll get a couple of those up, and then I'll go down to the new one at Mango Hill and make that my hundredth. What have um what have you got coming up, Pete? Is it Noosa? I'll do Noosa this year. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll run the full there. Yeah. Um, I've paced there a couple of times, but I haven't sort of had a bit of a run there. I've done the half there a couple of times as well. So it's one that I thought, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that. 
Um, I've got Chicago coming up in October, and and there's about half a dozen of us from Striders going over to that. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, that's in late October. I guess that's probably my A event for the year. That's the one I really want to target. And in between that, because it's a, a habit almost doing the Gold Coast Marathon, I thought this year I'd do that double, you know, the, the yeah. half on the I won't go flat out, but I thought it'd be good training for Chicago. Be a big weekend of running 63.3K. As long as I sort of hold back a bit on the Saturday, I should be able to get through both of those all right. But I, I won't be seriously targeted. I've got a time in mind. Uh, I want to try and go under 135 for the, you know, 134 for the half and then 3.19 for the Mara the next day. Uh, and that and that's a little bit more than training. Uh, but I think that's that's kind of doable. Um, so I did 3.06 last Mara I ran in Melbourne. So 3.19 I should be able to handle. Um, it but it'll be a tough run if I run four and a half minute Ks the day before as well. I know a couple of people doing that double this year. I think one person I know last year did, and now there's a few. How do you approach that? Have you never done that before? So how do you approach a half, a hard half, and a, a real pretty hard fall the next day? Uh, I haven't decided yet, Steve. I'll, <laughs> I'll, work, I'll work it out after news. You got, you got a, you got a while. I, like we're talking like me think nineteen about weeks, nineteen weeks or something until Gold yeah. Coast. So well, you got a little while, but. I, I think what I will do is I'll, I'll do a couple of hard training sessions on a on a Saturday, you know, like get up to 20K, but maybe, you know, with 10 of it at tempo or something and then uh, do the normal long run on a Sunday, you know, 35 or something. So I might, yeah. might do a couple of sessions like that where I do 20 on the Saturday, 30 on the Sunday. Yeah. Oh, got, I'm not really taking it all that seriously. So I'm, I'm more doing it. That's a bit like park run, right? I've done 12 Gold Coast marathons. I've, I keep thinking maybe I could do 20. When I did my first one, I thought that was it. <laughs> but, you know, then I thought, oh, maybe I can get under three hours 30 because I just missed three hours 30 on my first one. So I went back and did another one and got that. And then I didn't do it for a couple of years. And then I, someone talked me into it again. And suddenly it just became an annual habit. And I thought, oh, I can get into the Legends Club for 10. Yeah. Now I'm at 12, you know, and I regret doing the three half marathons I did because if I'd done a marathon those years, I would be up to 15, wouldn't I? Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll be like Ronnie Vines, mate. I'll just be, I'll just keep going. I'll just, I'll just tell the doctors, well, yeah, not not doing it's not an option. So, yeah. So what do I need to do? Bloody but yeah, I just thought it'd be nice to tick that one off the box. You know, I've done the Gold Coast 50 and I've done Comrade. So I've done just a couple of those ultra type ones. This yeah. is sort of an ultra, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're really good-looking medals too. To get those, two, you get three medals, so they're a really good set to have. Um, the twenty-one, forty-two, and the sixty-three point three. I think they're a pretty good set to have. Yeah, well, I've got to finish these events. I, I know plenty of blokes that uh, turn up for a marathon and don't finish it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some of them will be listening to this, so they know who they are. I'm trying to get him to do like a, a show, Road to Noosa, Steve. Get yeah. Him to do like a midweek show. Yeah. yeah. You, you're keen, Gareth's keen, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll see. Cool. You're doing it, aren't you, Steve? You're doing Noosa. I, I, I said to Paul this week, I'll work out what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to race that 3K on the track in March, but I'm not going to like specifically train for it. I'll just roll into it, do it. And then Noosa, I'm undecided on like maybe doing a bit of pacing 
or doing the half all out, like just a 100% all out effort in the half. So I'm on, yes. I'm, I'll make a decision this week. Good flat course, good time of year to do it. Nice early yeah. start. Mm. Uh, so it's got a lot of, you know, it's got a lot of going for it. It's, it's unusual in that it's a Saturday event. Um, don't often get the, them running them on a Saturday, but um, yeah, no, I, the main reason I'm doing it too, is, another reason is that a lot of the guys I train with are doing it. And, and that's possibly why you're thinking about it too, Steve, because, you know, you and I run with a lot of the same people and you, yeah, there's a lot of them doing it this year. So just something different. Definitely be good to be up there just to give everyone a shout because it's such a good course for cheering and, um, you know, like watching people run because it's lapped and you can, sort and of you, and you can set up your drink. You can set up your drinks on a table and you, you're passing it every 10 K, you know, four laps. It's, so it's good like that. You know, it's a little bit boring. I know when I've paced it, you know, heading out on that third lap, oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh yeah. I can imagine. Um, even though I'm not running flat out, I'm still, 42K is still 42K. Yeah. And, and when you're pacing, you're actually spending longer out there than you would have been racing it too. So, um, mate, I was but, exactly the same. When I, I paced the half last year and I, I did the one hour 30 pace balloon. And even then, got to about 16, 17K. I was just like, oh, can this be over? <laughs> like, I just wanted to finish. Yeah, well, if I'd have been doing the half, I'd have probably been running alongside if you're thinking exactly the same thing, but for different reasons. You you would <laughs> you have know, been it bo- was actually it was long. The half you course was long. Yeah, you'd have been bored and I would have been in agony. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the same amount same amount of time spent on the course. No. I'm gonna have to hop off, boys. Yeah, um, I think I think we had enough there. We've uh, had a good whinge. Feel a bit better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'll let everyone a have pl- a listen and see what feedback we get. Yeah, been a pleasure being on there again, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks. Come on thanks, anytime. Pete. Thanks for the chat. At least you got to ah. hear the from a run director's point of view, anyway. Sort of what's yeah. going on. Right, you can just about ask any run director, and I'll tell you exactly the same thing. Yeah. All right. I'll see you later. All, All right. right. Awesome. Cheers, Cheers, Pete. Thanks, Pete. I oh, wish you'd wrap it up. See. Yeah, mate. Awesome. All right. Cool. We'll uh we'll catch us all next week. Definitely. Enjoy the cooler weather while it lasts. I don't know if we're getting any more hot weather, but yeah, it's definitely been a lot better this week. Yeah, yeah. I um I did a session on shit Thursday and it was actually kind of pleasant. Yeah. Like I still was drenched at the end of it, but it was doable, you know. The last few weeks before that. Yeah. Man, you just can't run fast in that heat, I don't reckon. Yeah. Deadly. Hey, hey just quickly, there's been um, a bit of a surge in the bloody backyard ultra scene. I know um, one of the guys that I think he's part of the Toowoomba Road or it might be trail runners, the TTR, Toowoomba Trail Runners. They just did a trial run on Sunday. Uh, it started at the Caboolture Showgrounds. It was a bit of dirt track. Um they went onto the crit track, so the bike track, so a bit of bitumen, a bit of road, and then a bit of trail. So all four disciplines, um, it was about 90 metres of elevation each lap, and then off they go. It started at 4 a.m. to obviously, I think there's people camping at the showground, so obviously they've got to just keep it quiet, but they started early, so it's all done. The last loop started at 8 a.m., but it's a trial for the 5th of October. It's called the Garden City Backyard Ultra. Maybe if you're keen on doing something, 
um, other than one of the main events like, you know, Dead Cow Gully or something that's pretty hard to get into. It's all inclusive, so you just show up and do as many laps as you, can, as you can later in the year, give yourself a bit of training. There's also one later, I think it's might be April. Well, hang on, I'm not sure of the actual event. It's over at, um, uh, can't think of the name of it. <laughs> Sorry, that first one, was that at Caboolture, did you say? No, Garden City at Toowoomba. Oh, Toowoomba, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. As well as that, the um, Rocks Riverside have got a website. It's called, called We've Got Your Backyard Ultra. It's on March 10th this year. Um, they're doing up to 10 loops. It's just a, a local group trying to get everyone into it. If you want to sort of train for something, whether it be Dead Cow Gully or something later in the year, um, and you want to see how far you can push yourself, they're doing a 10 laps of a course over at Rocks Riverside. Um, the links... Basically, we've got your backyard ultra. Um, they're hosting it this year on the 10th of March. So you can do one or 10 loops up to you. It looks like a pretty flat course compared to the Toowoomba one. Um, it's basically the Rocks Riverside Park run looks like plus the extra 1.7K almost. So I'm assuming um, it'd be nice and quick anyway. But they're just hosting it and asking anyone wants to come out and give it a crack. Um, there's a couple there if you're into that sort of thing and you want to train for it. Uh, we got the 5th of October for the Toowoomba one, which is the Garden City Backyard Ultra. And then we've got your Backyard Ultra on the 10th of March. It would be like starting to cool down a bit, 10th of March. 10th of March is still only one month still, away from this yeah, week. It'd still be bloody warm, but definitely not on the uh, increase temperature-wise, hey? No, it'd be definitely decreasing. Yeah. Like you want to hope for those, like we we're talking about Noosa Marathon in May, you want to sort of hope it's starting to cool off. So the mornings would be cool. Imagine the middle of the day could still be 30 degrees. Who knows? But the morning and afternoon, I'm assuming it would cool off. And being on the Brisbane River over there, it's like right on the side of it. I'm assuming you get some sort of breeze off the water. So I did. I think that would be pretty, pretty good. But they got like 60 people show up to that one out of um, Toowoomba. Yeah, no um, surprise. Yeah, so people, they got people they got, love this this um shit, eh? Yeah, um, there's a lot. Of, I know a few of the people there uh competing in um Dead Cow Gully, so I think for them that's a pretty cool training run just to go and pump out five and see see what sort of time you have remaining each lap. I don't think Dead Cow Gully. I'm pretty sure it's about forty something meters of elevation, so ninety meters each loop is pretty hardcore. That one I did out at Ocean View was. 180 to 190 each oh, loop. God, yeah, horrible. Um, that was huge. So yeah, that's still half that, but still, imagine doing 10 of those. Um, so yeah, I think if you're into that sort of thing, there's two events that are coming up this year. Other than the main events, I know the Dead Cow Gully only has 200 or so, 220. I think they're capped. It's a capped event, but these ones here are inviting everyone. So just get your. We'll leave the link there for it. Um, yeah, send me the link and I'll put it in the um in the description. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully help people get to that sort of thing if that's what they're into. All right. We'll leave it at that, eh? Awesome, mate. We'll catch us all next week. Yeah.
Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind plays these tricks on me. Sometimes, and I'll find that my mind climbs higher than it should climb. My imagination, I'm contemplating, hesitating, on exploitation. My mind wish you find in time. I will find they will shine when they won't shine. You can put the time on mine. Show me these purple elephants, a twisted intelligence, extensional tolerance, dimensional flourish in my mind. Stop rewind. Now what the fuck did you find? Ain't nothing in here but why? Subliminal messages can't breathe. Close your eyes. Leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. Mine, 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 mine. 